Welcome to Nerd Cannon. I'm Beth. I'm Paul. I almost just said I'm Beth for you. <laughs> Thank you for your help. <laughs> yeah, that's fine. That's for who knows who we are. Uh-huh. This is a podcast. Probably. I don't know. Where two librarians look at pop culture cornerstones from their childhood and decide if they're good enough to be shared with the next generation of nerds. What are we uh, What are we talking about today, Mr. Paul? Do you have a bad synopsis for us? I do. So here we go. Uh, I can't wait. Privileged assholes who should probably already be dead stick their noses where they don't belong. <laughs> oh, God. Oh, I'm so glad that's what you started off with because that's every one of my notes. <laughs> yes. <yeah. laughs> pretty much. Pretty much. Uh, so, y'all, we're talking about Hardy Boys and Nancy Drew. So, Hardy Boys is a series of books conceived by Edward Stratemeyer, uh, which is ghostwritten by a plethora of authors under the pseudonym Franklin W. Dixon. And similarly... Um, Nancy Drew is conceived as the female counterpart to the Hardy Boys. So same deal. Edward Stratemeyer was the uh, um, like the original, genius. the yeah. genius behind, if you want to go with genius, I don't know. But um, <laughs> and then ghostwriters under the name Carolyn Keene. Yep. I didn't know that for a very long time that they, that, that was wasn't a real person. Yeah. Well, you know what? I feel like as a kid, that's just not a thing, you know, you don't, you don't think, think about, about yeah. that. And now, I mean, I think. So as librarians, how many times have you broken somebody, some like a grown ass adult's heart when you're <laughs> like, like, that's not a real person. Right, yeah. like, that's not yeah. a real, or like when you're like, James Patterson has elves and they're like, what? Right, right, no. yeah. And I'm like, um, okay. So yes, that's, yes, ghostwriters. Yeah. yeah. So what was your experience with this as a kid? So as a kid, I was really big into Hardy Boys and I distinctly remember my public library going over to the kids section and there was just a shelf of Hardy boys. And I can, I can still picture this exact shelf it's on and where it was in library. I'm sure the library looks different now. Right. But I could probably walk to that spot again. And like just muscle memory. Yeah. And I feel like, so there was, this is definitely Hardy boys was a thing where I wanted to have be able to say like, I've read the whole series. It might be the first thing in my life where I just wanted to be a completionist. Like I'm a completionist with everything now, you know, I have to get all the things in video games and and read every, you know, uh, for a long time. I'm, I'm better about it now, but for a long, there was a long time up into including college where if I started a series, no matter how much I hated that first book, I had to finish the whole series. And I read some really terrible books because as like such a completionist that I needed to finish the series. Especially because fantasy and sci-fi series sometimes yes. are so long. Yes, I read like, some that's really yeah, rough, it, dude. That's a, a dark commitment. path. Like it is a dark path. Yes, this my librarian <laughs> message for the day is: if it's something's bad, just stop reading. Oh it. my god, like, that's I tell people that so all the time. Many just other stop books. reading it. There's too many yep. good books in the in the world. You Absolutely. don't have time for shitty books. So I'm going to blame the Hardy Boys for that mm-hmm. impulse. Uh, and it was the the blue <laughs> blue rimmed – I actually have – I don't know if you have any books. I have one right here. Uh, the, the blue uh, cover on the spine. Librarians can't do a book talk without fucking holding the book. It's impossible. <laughs> it's and impossible. the little blue, little blue ribbon on the top that says yep. the Hardy Boys. And unfortunately, I don't think mine – oh, it looks like mine is covered by a sticker. Uh, there's a number on the side of all sure. of them. And of course, you'd have to have um... – and I had to read Number. them all. And I think that yeah, most of them had a list. 
Yeah, inside the inside the cover. Yeah, absolutely. Of course, there's the big long list of yeah. all the Hardy Boys books, and, and now it's like, got to be like five to... pages long. Like they Look, just have to put this it is a digression. I, gonna, I forget if this is in this one or not, Beth. But somebody in the past history of I do have another one. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> He's just got a stack of fucking books over there. Stick. Look at this. This is a library. This is a librarian uh, side oh, notes. No. This is just for oh, Beth's no. benefit. So this book was in. The middle school library at some point in the past a librarian of the middle school took the time to write out this is handwritten oh on a page gosh. a synopsis of this book because Whoa. of course it's the in hardcover cursive. library in, edition in without, old lady cursive i know there's exactly no there's no synopsis <laughs> there's no, yeah right you probably yeah. well i don't know this is 91 this book no. would have been new you think you still think you know who yeah, that was maybe i don't know maybe but look at this so legit they wrote out uh i don't know four sentence synopsis of this book as if someone would want to pick this up yet hold on hold on hold on wait a minute two pages earlier that's what i wanted to ask you is a whole multiple paragraph synopsis of the book we already get to that when we get to notes because i fucking have questions okay okay uh so yeah that was my experience i i read some of nancy drew i'm gonna also lump into this episode they're not gonna get top billing but i'm gonna lump uh the boxcar children into this episode i also read one of the boxcar children i didn't tell beth about that but uh in I my head, all those ever. three things go together. Okay. So what was your experience? Uh, nothing. Nothing <laughs> at all. Never, no. Wow. Okay. Nothing. <laughs> Why did you pick this? I don't understand. I <laughs> didn't. <laughs> but, did I um, pick this? Yes. Right, you fine. have a huge boner for Raging Clues. I, yep. Clues. <laughs> <laughs> so I, listen, I have always known about them. And as a librarian, I have certainly worked in buildings where they have been. Um, but no, I never, I never read them. I, I kind of knew about them as shorthand for long, enduring, you know, series about mysteries, boy version and girl version. <laughs> like, right. yep. And I never had read one. And I actually was, you know, I, I can't say I was like super excited to read it, but I was like open to reading one for this right. because I hadn't, you know, that was kind of part of it for me. But, but Beth, what did you read? Nancy Drew Vampire Slayer. Holy shit, no. But that's out of our realm of time, but I definitely should. It is read definitely that. out of our realm of time. It is a great That's amazing, novel and series. I'm gonna need you to send that to me. <laughs> Wait, the cover of book two is even better. This is number two. Can, oh I don't know how God. you can see that with the glare of myself on Holy there, shit, I need to read these. These are graphic novels Paul currently has in his library. <laughs> that's amazing. So I uh-huh. need you to get on top of that immediately. Mm-hmm. Paul? Do you want to do two trivias and a lie? I sure do, but yeah, (laughs) this should be interesting. Okay. Nancy is named Kitty Drew in Sweden. Uh, An early concept, Nancy had a wisecracking chauffeur accompany her to act as a chaperone. And the first Hardy Boys book was released in 1927. Okay. I think I can narrow it down to two because... I'm pretty sure 1927 is accurate, only because I looked up recently when they were the that's Hardy Boys 1927. I, I'm pretty sure I was trying to find the ones that were in our range, so I could read one that was within our time frame. So I was trying to figure out when they were all from. Um, AKA you're a fucking cheater. I looked. Hey, (laughs) wait a minute. I'm pretty sure that one's accurate, so I'm gonna rule that one out. Okay. Kitty, Kitty Drew. Where was it from? Sweden. Sweden. Kitty. Kitty Drew. Did you just make up the thing because you like kitties? 
I don't know. Did I? That's the point of the game. <laughs> I think here's what I'm going to go with. I read book number one and she drove herself around. She was like little miss. I have a convertible and I'm going to drive myself around. And, and I, I don't see the chef, the chauffeur thing. So I think that one's a fiction unless it was like a concept before they were written, I guess. Yeah. They but were I all th- conceptualized by that guy. I'm still going to go with that. I'm going to go with the chauffeur is the fiction. Uh, You're right. Um, right. Well, because my whole thing was I was surprised when I read it and she was driving Hmm. and she's so independent. And I was like, wow. I mean, like in the 20s, like she fucking in the 30s, like Mm -hmm. it was impressive to me that she was as independent as the Hardy boys were, given that she was just a scared little girl. So I just I I just was thinking of the patriarchy. So that. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> That's why I made that up. But yeah, Kitty Drew in Sweden. Um, I was very taken aback by 1927. I knew that they were a long-lived series, but I, I had it more in my head of like the 40s. So I was yeah, I was pretty surprised by that. Um, by that age. If I hadn't just looked it up, I probably would not have guessed 1927. Right. I was like, what? Yeah. So I have some more fun facts. Would you like to hear some more? Yeah, definitely. Um, Okay. So uh, some Hardy Boys ones. Uh, In 1938 to 1942, this period is sometimes referred to as the weird period. Okay. (laughs) As the writing is full of inconsistencies and the Hardy Boys adventures involve futuristic gadgetry and exotic locations. Am I trying to be James Bond? Uh, I think they hired a different ghostwriter that no one liked. (laughs) And they canned him. Okay, well. Um, the long-running Hardy Boys mystery series ended in 2005 and was replaced with the reboot. The Hardy Boys, do you want to take a guess at what it's called? Extreme. No, that'd be the 90s, sorry. Um, the Hardy Boys get their asses kicked. I don't know what. Undercover Brothers. Oh, man. Okay. I feel like that's the name of something else. Yeah. <laughs> like... Okay. Under that's really what we went with in two thousand five. Mm-hmm. In these volumes, the Hardy Boys' adventures are narrated in the first person, each brother telling alternate chapters, which is an extremely two thousand five thing to do. Are there chapters? I mean, are they different people though? How do you even distinguish? <laughs> that's, that's in my notes too. <laughs> there have been six separate television adaptations, and the boys have solved about five hundred cases. Oh my god. Uh-huh. Since the introduction of the Undercover Brothers series, I can't. It's so dumb. Uh, <laughs> Frank and Joe have been top agents for the American team. Did you really just say top Trump. agent? <laughs> <laughs> for the American Teens Against Crime attack. Get it? Mm-hmm. A secret government agency co-founded by their father mm-hmm. to utilize kids. Kid agents when grownups just won't do. Because so often I'm like, you know what would be really helpful in this situation? A teenager. The agency delivers its orders. I just had to include this. The agency delivers its orders via special CD-ROM that can only be played for instructions once. After the initial listen, it plays music. (laughs) Wow. So 2005, we went with CD-ROMs. Mm-hmm. 
And wow. I just thought that was really precious. So, oh, and this is a, and so then I've got some, uh, some Nancy Drew ones. Um, so Nancy is considered a cultural icon and cited as a formative influence by a number of women, Supreme Court Justices Sandra Day O'Connor, Sonia Sotomayor, Hillary Clinton, and Laura Bush all claim that they are huge fans of Nancy Drew and her pluckiness. Well, um, yeah, in 1934, okay. Fortune magazine featured the syndicate in a cover story and singled out Drew. And I just wanted to share this dumb quote with you. Nancy is the greatest phenomenon among all the 50 centers. She is a bestseller. Again, 1934. How she crashed a Valhalla that has been rigidly restricted to the male of her species is a mystery, even to her publishers. <laughs> 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 yeah. <laughs> right, right, right. One of the biggest ghostwriters for the Nancy Drew ones is Mildred Benson, and she's credited with like breathing breathing a feisty spirit into her. Um, originally, she was pretty much a character, like a cardboard character cutout, which I would argue is what the Hardy Boys reminded me of. So she, they had this one woman wrote much of the early ones, um, and so okay. So then other fake names, Diana Dare, Stella Strong, Nan Nelson, or Helen Hale. So she was what do you almost mean fake names? the other original, not fake names, original potential choices. Oh, okay. So when they were pitching her and it was almost Nan Drew, but hmm. they decided to flesh it out to Nancy because they said it rolled off the tongue easier. Mm-hmm. In 85, the syndicate that they, that created them was sold to Simon & Schuster, and they wanted to launch a spinoff series that focused on more mature mysteries and incorporated romance. In 95, 10 years after that, she went to college, and the books were more of like a Sweet Valley High soap opera style. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. Um, and then finally, when she got to college, I just thought this was super funny. Nobody liked that boyfriend of hers. That Ned whatever. Mm-hmm. So in 95, when she went to college, readers were invited to call a 1-800 number to vote on whether Nancy should keep dating Ned or play the field. And they overwhelmingly voted for a new boyfriend. <laughs> wow. I have right here a uh, number 125, which I read, which is Nancy is the teen model mystery. This is oh, the God. 19. Uh, did, can you see the cover on this one? It's pretty spectacular oh yeah crime is in fashion and nancy's on the cutting edge it was pretty bad that is bad sorry jump ahead but um um, no 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 so it has a very sweet valley high cover vibe to it yeah so there you guys have to show you the fucking cover i don't know if i can like if you go to the wikipedia so anyone listening can obviously do this if you go to the wikipedia and you scroll down there is nancy drew files Hit and Run Holiday, and it is the most 80s fucking thing you've ever seen. Oh, yeah, that's nice. Mm-hmm. Wow. 86, she's got on a bathing the suit. She's got the bang, the wall bangs. There's a guy behind There's her. He's a creeper. He's a fucking creeper. <laughs> she's in proximity to a young man rather than a clue. <laughs> so I thought that was funny. And then I have some more notes about racism. So... <laughs> okay. Yeah, here we go. In 59... They uh, also in 1953, this is his best history lesson. In 1953, the United States Senate Subcommittee on Juvenile Delinquency forced many publishers of children's media to rework their stories. And uh, around that time, Hardy Boys and Nancy Drew and Bopsy Twins and all of those ones from that same company were getting bought by Grosset and Dunlop. 
and they were revised so that they could be, you know, so that they could pass those standards. Just P.S. The Comics Code Authority was 1954. Right. So I was going to say it was right around the time of the Comics Code. There was just a lot of, you know, a lot of that happening. Mm -hmm. And so but also there was like specifically letters written, multiple letters written to Grasset and Dunlop about the prevalence of racist stereotypes in the Hardy Boys. Mm -hmm. And so they um, so they went through and they actually like re-released all the beginning ones, but they cut them way down. So I just thought this was super funny. So dropped from the book, The Missing Chums is, I'll say, replied Lola slangily, which I just wanted to read that word to you. (laughs) (laughs) And (laughs) so she ejaculated as the boys appeared. Chet Chet Morton's car is referred to in the Tower Treasure as a gay looking speed wagon. Mm -hmm. And in the revision. That's what I call my car. Yeah. In the revision, they lose the description, but they call it the Queen, which is just as gay. But I just (laughs) thought that was really funny. Um, So, yeah, they went through a little bit of a cleanup there, but I will still say plenty of racism abounds afterward. Mm-hmm. In 1975, Nancy Drew book sales topped about 60 million. Hardy Boyles were over 50 million. Each of these series has been steadily selling about one to two million copies per year since then. To who? So they're still popular um, in all of their iterations and okay, incarnations. Okay, we're going to talk about that. Yeah. So those are my notes. That's mm-hmm. my history lesson for you. I I read a Hardy Boys, and then I read about a lot of other ones. Yeah. <laughs> But read, you have a whole stack there. I read a there. whole bunch. How many of, of them did you stuff. really remember? That's what I'm curious to know about. The thing is, I think if you read more than one, they start to just be all the same. And I was like trying to remember, like think, you know, I probably read the Hardy Boys ones that I read. I, I actually only read about one and a half Hardy Boys. I ended up reading more Nancy Drew than Hardy Boys. Just because I started reading another Hardy Boys, I was like, why am I doing this? I don't want to do right. this. I was trying to think, like, did I read this already at some point? Because I probably did as a kid. I I couldn't tell you. Uh, right. I, I couldn't distinguish any particular. They're so samey. It's just. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's also formulaic. So I read. I read the full Hardy Boys, The Mummy Case. Like I said, I try, I wanted to pull ones that were actually from the 80s or 90s. So I read The the Mummy Case, uh, Hardy Boys, which is from like um, 1980, 1980 period. Uh, and then I read some other Nancy Drew ones. I did read Nancy Drew number one, The Secret of the Old Clock. Yeah, that's the one everybody... Everyone because I wanted to just see the yeah the start of it, and I also read like I said, I read the Boxcar Children, and I read some updated Nancy Drew graphic novels. I did not read all of Vampire Slayer. There is a whole other. We have two whole big series of Hardy Boys graphic novels Are they and Nancy good? Drew graphic novels. I didn't read any Hardy Boys. The Nancy Drew ones that I read were not good. I'm surprised you hadn't read the Hardy Boys just because. No. There is, so there's multiple series. So here's another, this is Nancy Drew, uh, The Palace of Wisdom, which is definitely an updated sort of concept for yeah. Nancy Drew. Can you see that very yeah, well? Yeah, there's a, there's a lot of hip looking children there's a lot on the cover of, hip of this looking graphic novel. Actually, So this is the, out of all the things I read, this was the best one. Uh, okay. This was easily the best one. It was still a little hokey, but compared to the old ones, like. So I read The Secret of the Old Clock, right? Nancy Drew sure. is 
investigating a mystery about a guy who died and the, the bad family produced a will that leaves all his wealthy stuff to them and doesn't include money for all the poor people around the area who Nancy Drew is playing savior to. And her dad is a lawyer and he's always just kind of like she goes and checks with him and then he's like, yeah, yeah, go do your thing. You know, find a clue. Ha ha ha. Right. She's like in mortal danger multiple times during this mystery. Yeah. Uh, she's confronting robbers who lock her in a closet in a, in a like somebody's summer home that nobody's coming for. Absolutely. And she could have easily died. She doesn't. So that's in my notes a ton. Um, in both books that I read, I read one of each and then I read like about them. Mm -hmm. So in both the ones that I read, like they definitely were in mortal danger at many times. Nobody was paying attention to them. And right. they also both were drugged and taken to new locations, which nice. I feel like in both. And I feel like that's like <laughs> short. Which ones did you read? Um, I read the one where they get drugged. Uh, you sent me the Witchmaster's Key. Okay, yeah. Which yep. I read. And then I read, oh shit. Is it the Kachina doll mystery? No, I didn't read the one you sent me. I listened to The Sign of the Twisted Candles, which is almost the right. same fucking plot as what you just said. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, she gets drugged and moved to a new location and hidden, and the cops can't find her because she's knocked the fuck out. And like, I just kept thinking, is that like they have to do like them getting drugged because they wouldn't they couldn't really have they're not going to really have anybody die. But they want you to show you that something yeah. serious is happening right. and they're not really going to kidnap them. But like sort of Hardy Boys are in mortal danger. They're like the one I read for them. Constantly. They are, they're like involved. Their dad is involved with he's like with the U.N. or something weird. Sure. And in this whole mummy thing, they end up. It's, it's tied to this like rebel plot on some weird island country, and they end up like trying to prevent these rebels from smuggling weapons and stuff. I'm like, you would be dead. They would have been dead. They're like, oh yeah, we're just gonna lock you in this tower room for nope, a while. Dead. No, you're so dead. Like they're so dead multiple times, and they're friends too. Um, I don't know if you have anything to say about the friends. Um, they weren't really in the one that I read, but I did like read. They were only in it for a minute, but I like read about them. I also, yeah. So in mine, in the Hardy Boys that I read, they went to England and then shortly, briefly to Ireland, but they were sent there. They literally have no idea why. The whole beginning discourse is not exactly sure why. Um, except I know why, because I read the fucking entire summary right before that. Why it was is happening there. It's the whole plot. It told it's me the almost plot. the end. Like, what yeah, the fuck? So anyway, so they're, they're flying there and they don't really know why. Their dad sent him and the person they're meeting isn't going to be there for like three days. So they have like three days to fuck around, plus get a mm -hmm. tooth removed, mm. plus meet the person who eventually is the culprit, of course. Yeah. Like. Yeah, like, and they, they crash a funeral, and then it's about witches. Literally, the conversation is, well, that's the 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 funeral of the old witch master. And I'm over here going, do people know what witch masters were in 1976? Because I don't <laughs> fucking know what that means. Like, I mean, I can guess, but they... Right. So my biggest question to you, because in reading this, it was extreme... They, they legit, they spend the entire time talking about occult items witches, uh, rituals, poisons, black witches and white witches and wow, all okay. this like stuff. This the sounds entire, like I would enjoy it more. It was terrible. Uh, the entire <laughs> thing. And so like, but they never say if they think it's real or they're just... 
Because, of course, the mystery is that somebody just robbed it. It wasn't right. magic. Like, exactly. really, somebody just robbed the museum. But So that, that brings me to my theory, which is that I, I think that Nancy Drew, Hardy Boys, especially Hardy Boys, I get the sense that Hardy Boys dealt more with that stuff than Nancy Drew, but I could be wrong. There's a lot of each of them. This is, like, directly in the lineage before Scooby-Doo. I literally my notice my ending of my book is an as a straight Scooby Doo ending. They pull yes. a mask off of oh, someone. Jesus. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> they meet the mask guy in Act One, and he is with us throughout. And they mm-hmm. pull the mask off of somebody, yep. and they go, "It was the dentist." <laughs> like I really think Scooby Doo is probably somebody. Oh, probably was like, "Oh, I enjoyed this as a kid." Hardy Boys. <laughs> I forgot to mention this. Actually, this good graphic novel is a crossover. So this is Nancy Drew, but this is also Frank and Joe is over here. Right. So, yeah, they're they're the Hardy, the Hardy boys and and her friends, uh, George and Bess are in this one, too. Um, So her original friends and some other friends, I think. Listen, Joe and Frank are the same person. I can't tell them apart at all. I'm so glad you said that because that was my other question. No, but no, but Paul one has blonde hair. Right. Yeah, that's and it. one yeah. has dark hair. Exactly. That's their personalities. That's, exactly that's what we do to women. <laughs> hey, do you know what color uh, Nancy Drew's hair is? It's Titian. Yep. <laughs> yes. I started so, reading the first book and I was yeah. like, I don't know this word. How is it that I'm reading Nancy? Drew? I've never yep. seen that before. Yeah. I'm so like, well, I gotta look up a word in so a Nancy Drew book. I, I felt so listened. bad about myself. I listened and she said Titian, and I'm like, girl. So I goog, I gave it a goog, and I'm like, oh, Titian, like the artist Titian, one of the mm-hmm. only five artists I remember from taking an art history class <laughs> in college. I nice. was like, oh, oh, oh. But there was a whole thing where she started out blonde, and then they yeah. like changed her hair color throughout. I was going to try to make that into one of my fun facts, but I I couldn't like work out how to word it. Yeah. I, I, um, I had yeah. to look that up. I was like, what the hell color is that? Yeah. Like, apparently. It's like a auburn red. It's like an right. orangey red. Right. But when was the last time anyone said that word? The 1979. Um, <laughs> but they still say it about her. And I definitely went down a weird Reddit rabbit hole about it in case anyone is yeah. wondering. People yeah. are still fucking talking about it. Yeah. If you look up the word, one of the first results is like, oh, by the way, Nancy Drew had this hair color. Yeah, because <laughs> they say it. Twenty-seven times per book, probably. Uh, the two friends of Joan and Frank in this one book I read, and I think in multiple books, are Chet and Biff. Yep. Uh, which is definitely a modern take. You know that fits in right, right. But uh, I thought it was also interesting, in not a good way, that both of them have friends who are described as rotund. Oh, they called someone off. straight up fat in my book. Oh, well, yeah, that's you. Uh, in, the, in the model teen mystery, of all the books in Nancy Drew, the model teen mystery, which I read, her friend Bess is described, I think, as rotund, or maybe just fat, I forget. And it's because there's food around on the set, and she's like, hey, Bess, probably shouldn't eat that because you're too fat and Whoa, you're still on a diet shade. and all this stuff. It's a modeling book. Like, the mystery is around a model. Whoa. And the, and, um, shaming Nancy Drew. 
Chet Morton, let me just describe Chet Morton. Frank relaxed and grinned. It's Chet, he informed Joe, the same person. Chet Morton was their best friend. <laughs> he was so I do think there's an interesting read here where you could read it as just as one person who has oh God, like a mental like disorder. A, yeah. Yeah. Oh, uh, like fucking fight club. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's fight club, right? <laughs> Oh uh, Chet God. Morton was their best friend, a rotund youth with blue blue eyes and freckles. He enjoyed eating more than anything. He enjoyed Thanks that's for his that. whole personality. That's his whole chubby. personality. But listen, <laughs> later on on the next page, uh, Chet was in his catcher's gear because, of course, he's the catcher. His face mask pushed to, to the top. Of his, they're playing a baseball game. He sure, grinned when he saw the Hardys. Here come the Bayport sleuths, he called out. Fellows, let the Hardys pass. It's hard to get past you, Joe teased their friend. Whoa. You're wide enough to block a Sherman tank. Whoa. So that was like, I was astonished by how that was just in every book I read. There was the fat friend. I guess that's to make them look better. Is that the strategy there? We're going to give them a fat friend. I think that most of of your groups at that time had a chubby friend. That was the character. Most of your groups. So, like, your. You mean in fiction, right? Like, in In fiction. (laughs) What are the fucking kids? The Goonies? Not well in the Goonies, in yeah. Stand by Me, in Sandlot. Sandlot, in what? What I'm really thinking of? What are the old black and white Alfalfa? What? Who are those fucking kids? Oh, jeez. Uh, you know what I'm fucking. The little about. rascals. The little rascals is a fat yes. kid. That's wow. like there's okay. always like one. That's not our time frame. Sorry. <laughs> You're like I am not required to know that name. <laughs> exactly. Fuck off and fuck you. <laughs> Yes, yeah, you're right. Like, or I, hook, hook. Yeah, has, there's always yeah. one chubby friend. And the funny part is, is if you were to look at the quote chubby kid in like an '80s movie, um, or like a, even earlier, that kid is like a normal kid now. Like, yeah. <laughs> they, yeah. like so. Here's one thing that I noticed in this reading this literary masterpiece, um, which mm-hmm. master is key. There was a lot of attributions other than said. So oh, he, yeah. he retorted, he observed, he predicted, yeah. he inquired. Wow. You like kept track of everything. I did because uh, it was really a I just opened to a random page. Boy, are we glad to see you, Frank panted. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> she said. Frank queried. He said slangily. <laughs> uh, wow, I didn't even notice it. That's crazy. Well, the I leader rasped. It. Yeah, I noticed uh, it because it's bad writing. He snarled. And you, you should just use said. And there's a whole and forgive me for not finding it ahead of time, but there's a whole thing about how. Uh, J.K. Rowling does that, and there's the whole thing mm. about Snape ejaculated, and it's like just mm-hmm. say said, just say. Said. Said, yeah. But anyway, so there was a whole thing about that. There was a lot of the Hardys knew blah, 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 because they were trying to give the reader some information, but it just came off as like the Hardys share a hive mind. And then yeah, exactly. See, and I'm telling you. The Hardys know that witches you could read, typically blah, blah, blah. Man, and Hardy Boys like, Fight Club. I'm all for Somebody needs to yeah. write Hardy. Please write that and make it a thing. Let's please do that. One of my favorite quotes is, I got KO'd by an apparition in a hood. KO'd spelled K A Y O E D. KO'd. K-O-D. <laughs> also, there's a character in my book called Nip, and they can't decide if Nip is a bad guy or not, undetermined up until the end, even after the end. But mm. at one point, the phrase Nip slipped happens. And so, <laughs> <laughs> so there's that. <sighs> 
They got legit kidnapped by a hitchhiker. They No, they are hitchhiking and they get kidnapped by an old lady who wants to take them an hour out of their way and feed and bathe them. She wants to mom them. Yeah. And they jump out of a moving car. This was apropos of nothing. It had nothing to do with the plot. It was <laughs> never mentioned again. It took like three hours out of their time. Right. What the actual fuck? They were like, we need more pages. Yeah, right. Wow. Uh, I read one that was uh, the Greek symbol mystery. That was a Nancy Drew one because you'll never know by the titles if it's anything. No, yeah, you'll uh, never know. I literally have the Viking symbol mystery as a Hardy's Boys books and uh, the Greek symbol mystery. The Greek mystery. symbol mystery. And the thing about the Greek symbol mystery was Nancy Drew doesn't actually do much investigating at all. She's super passive about it in that she just sort of runs from you know quote unquote clue to clue that just sort of fall in her lap okay she, it's, there's no real so you read work. more of them than me but the experience with the two that i read that was what the hardy boys did in the book that i read and in the nancy drew that i read she was actively searching for clues and tricking people and seeking things out but she was also it was like one set they were only in one spot like the whole time the other thing i will say that i noticed in the hardy boys not in the nancy drew one was the kind of endings those like real gotcha endings of every chapter and then i passed (laughs) out and fell off this chair i like to call those a goosebumps chapter ending read the hardy boys growing up and he did yeah. goosebumps chapter yep. endings and it's like a total bullshit fake out it'll be like it and my head fell off and then the next chapter will start and it'll be like just kidding right yep that yeah i absolutely thought the same thing it happened almost every chapter of the one that i the one that i read and i was like pretty baffled mm-hmm. do we want to talk do you have more notes i don't have much more notes except to say boxcar children was better than it's still not very good, but it was better than it was more compelling. All I wanted to say is so Nancy Drew's dad, like what I liked about her was she was super confident, which like especially at the time these were written like for a girl. She was very self-possessed. She was very mature. She was very confident. Um, and that's like why I can see those powerful women saying that she mm-hmm. was a, a role model. But also everybody knew her. She'd mm-hmm. walk around town and like she'd be like, well, my father's a lawyer. And they'd be like, I know you. And I'm like, first of all, we know lawyers aren't cops, right? Because in this book, they're definitely taking some liberties with the like lawyerly rights. Yeah, that's true. Yep. The entire plot could be solved by a cell phone nowadays. So I wonder mm-hmm. like how they have to be like adapted. Everything, a lot of what I noticed is the privilege that these characters have. They're like yes. upper middle, they're wealthy, they're white, they're like well-spoken and mature Mm -hmm. and they have this like unearned confidence and so they just are getting away with a ton of shit like literally the hardy boys get sent to another country they almost die like 12 times because of their own idiocy and everyone is fine with this and they're like answering like a grown-ass adults are like letting themselves be questioned by these two teenagers which like why you most people would just be like fuck off like and there's so much so that the police when they're involved the hardy boys are like hey we found this thing or this thing we, this person is involved with this mystery and the police officer's like hey you two kids you can come in on this interrogation with to, me yes, like same thing with nancy drew like yeah i will say that one thing i read was that the hardy boy's relationship with authority changed over the course of the books when they very first started in like the 30s they were 
much darker in that way and they were not chill with the cops to the point of like sometimes getting arrested falsely and stuff mm. um and then you know along with that like comics code stuff um some of that change was like you know uh, having a better relationship with the local law enforcement yeah yeah some of it was uh not <laughs> it was it's just not realistic in many ways or believable to me anymore and i don't know that it ever was but the idea they, they do get away with a ton just right. because of plot reasons i right. like this the dad works for the un right okay so in in the egypt mystery the dad works for the un and he's away on a different thing that he can't talk about which is this revol brewing revolution of course right? of course and so the museum director of like the some you know the museum of new york city right it's like hey i need the the hardy boy dad to help me with this mystery of what's happening to my missing egyptian artifacts and that was like cool but i'm busy so here's my kids and the, right. the museum director is just like fine with that like oh cool he, all right i got the hardy boy boys his kids to england like, in my book like yeah. what the and, fuck and the other the viking symbol one starts off with him sending not just the hardy boys on one mystery he also sends their their friends like chet and biff on this other trip to yeah northwest canada I yeah so something. nancy has her two girlfriends bess and george and they get invited all around too for the solving of the things yeah yeah yeah, yeah also nancy is a teenager and mine is sent they can't they need somebody fast some other like bank person and to literally she is sent to interrupt him in his office without an appointment and whisk him away in her car and drive <laughs> him breaking many laws back to the house to like witness something and i'm like in what universe does that dude yeah. leave his yeah. office and go with the teenager? He does right. not. Like No. I, so, I, yeah, so. You know what it made me think of? All those, like, covers, the Kachina doll mystery and the mystery of the samurai sword and the mystery of the Russian whatever. So I sometimes joke, my nieces dance a ton, and I sometimes joke with my sister that dancing is the last place where you could just really wear those inappropriate culturally appropriated costumes because sometimes <laughs> in dance they'll be like geishas or have mm -hmm. sombreros on or some shit and it's like just a bunch of white girls and you're like this is a problem i felt like that's what these books a lot of them were without even having read them but just yeah. looking at the covers and looking at the you know the titles it was like okay nancy does mummies nancy does this the hardy boys do grease <laughs> like it just you know what i mean yeah. it was like yeah it just felt you know, like they had to take them somewhere new. Can we talk about the South Park episode where they make fun of the Hardy Boys? I've never seen it. Oh, you need to watch it. Shit, I don't know what it's called, but they have literally like these two Hardy Boy idiots and they're walking around and the big joke is like, oh man, I got a raging clue. And you know, it's yeah. very good. I also went down a deep, dark hole today and it's the Hardy Boys book .com. It's just this guy's blog, but it's real funny and it's kind of the idea um, of what we do. So he went but only back. only Hardy Boys. Only Hardy Boys. So he went back and read all of them. Oh, and then he geez. gives these really succinct. So who really wrote it? Come on. Who really wrote it? Was it, when was it revised? What was, what is the cover? What's the setting? Where's Fenton? Why can't he be there? Which friends are there? What's Chatabi? What is Aunt Gertrude's dessert? And then plot and then the review. And it's like really succinct. He gives them each a score. And if you were like a Hardy Boys fan, like I just thought, I just thought this guy was really well done. <laughs> Mm -hmm. So um, I don't know if you still do. It was about 2014. A lot of these are from, but it gave it just tickled me. I don't know. It really made me laugh. <laughs> <laughs> so if you read these and feel strongly about them, you might enjoy that guy making fun of them on, on a book by book basis. 
<laughs> yeah. Nice. Yeah. Anything else? I don't think so. Does it go in your canon? Nope. Yeah, me neither. Uh, none of it. Uh, I do think the one graphic, I think it could be updated, but here's where maybe some people could be mad at me, especially those people you mentioned who cite this as like a huge influence or Nancy Drew's a huge influence. First of all, it gets no traction, no circulation in our library. We have small, we have slowly kind of weeded ones that were damaged in some way or whatever. We have a small section, small, not section, but small selection of both Hardy Boys and Nancy Drew, right? And I would say probably 10 books of each. That shelf space could be used with such better stuff. Absolutely. Uh, it it I really think part of this was good for me because I think that I'm really on the point where I'm probably going to weed a lot of yeah. these because they don't circulate. And sometimes weeding means get rid of everybody. <laughs> oh, sorry. Yeah, weeding means get. And maybe yeah. and, you know this is going to be. We just went through all the Dr. Seuss being quote unquote canceled and right, all that right. bullshit. And Hardy Boys, Nancy Drew had their time, and maybe they were good and for right. the time. It's and not so, anymore. So that's what I was thinking. Is I can totally see how you would have liked them as a kid when there was very little else aimed at kids. Like when mm-hmm. we were little, there like wasn't as much else. And even in the generations before that, right? there was very little aimed at our age group. And I could see how these are easily accessible. They're serial. They're everywhere. You can kind of jump in. They're episodic. Like I can see why you would have liked them at the time. But yeah, to me, mm-hmm. that doesn't hold up. Now, that doesn't mean that if like some – good graphic novel version comes out or some movie or whatever that my kids are interested in like certainly i would share that but yeah for me they're not no don't make the cut and there's such things that i would be like why am i promoting this in these books there's (laughs) there's fat shaming there's a lot of white savior is absolutely absolutely whatever and i just they're not great first of all we have uh, sometimes we have our special ed teachers and these are generally at a lower reading level than a lot of things in the library these along with boxcar children which is why i also read that i I sort of think of those things as together the the kids solving the mysteries sure and we will have special ed teachers who recommend these to students and they never ever want to continue them no, they've never read one and then come back and go, can I have like, more? Oh, I really like, want more of these. No. And and I just looked up the very first Nancy Drew just to check. And it has exactly one circulation uh, within the time frame. Yeah. And it's me. It's me checking it out to do this episode. Uh, <laughs> so right. I'm not too worried about – I don't think anyone would even notice if I just mm-hmm. never brought them back. No. So, yeah, they're they're probably going out, honestly. They almost have like such – this cultural impetus behind them that I think they probably live on in many libraries where they just sort of limp yeah, along. Take somebody space. just keeps them and says like, Oh, well you can't get rid of Hardy, but well, why not? Like- right. No, it, it, by contrast, boxcar children actually does get some interest. I think because yeah. the first book is literally about these kids, these three kids who are just living by themselves in a railroad car. You have no idea to start the book, why they're kind of abandoned and have no parents. And they're like working for pennies and paying pennies for bread because it's so old, like to get their meals yeah. and stuff. It's just kind of this weird. I think kids can actually get into this weird sort of survival thing that's happening there. But at the end of the first book, they're sort of rescued and, uh, you know, then they start solving mysteries. Out of their oh, whatever. sure. Uh, they're, they're rescued by this sort of wealthy person who then, of course, moves the entire boxcar. So they can continue to have their little boxcar fort and, and that they, they they fixed up to be their house. That one does get some interest at least, but 
Nancy Drew Hardy Boys, I can't remember the last time, if ever, a kid asked me about them. Or the updated graphic novels. I don't think those get much traction either. Well, and those are probably ordered by librarians who remembered, mm-hmm. you know, remembered them being a cultural icon. You're like, oh, cool, an updated version of whatever. Plus, it's bound to be safe. Like, it's hard right? to order graphic novels. I so, will send you Nancy Drew Vampire Slayer I Part 1 and Part it. 2. They're they're very short. I will uh, you read can, it and I will put my review on the absolutely tweets. Absolutely, tell me yeah. what you think of Nancy Drew snogging this. Uh, I was gonna say, is there snogging? Because one real fucking bummer is that these Hardy Boys uh, are like eunuchs. Yeah, and that's a real downer for me. <laughs> All right, we talked about this too much. Let's, we uh... did. We could be done. So, guys, thanks for listening. Thanks to Joe Costanza for writing our theme song. If you want more nerdy goodness, find us online. We're on Twitter at NerdCanon. We're on Instagram, NerdCanon Podcast. Send us an email with your thoughts at NerdCanonPodcast at gmail.com. We'll see you in two weeks with snacks. Snacks. Oh, snacks. 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 Uh, we're going to eat the snacks. And we would love to see you over at our Patreon, uh, patreon.com slash NerdCanon. We are a delight. Um, guys, if nothing else, the episode that we did on Young Frankenstein as a bonus for our Patreon <laughs> is enough. If nothing else, right, it's just that it. one was a blasty. Um, so until next time. Keep the nerd alive. <laughs>